that I hear you can talk to fish. My name is Matthew Kroll. And I do competitive ice dancing. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Justice League. I do like, I am a fan of justice. I love leagues. I I, there 40,000 of them uh, under right. under various bodies of water. I used to play in a, in a like an older man basketball league, which, I, is, which, was, which is the worst leagues to play in. Would you call way. that a league of your own? It was I, because I was universally terrible in it. So, <laughs> and also like playing basketball with like older dudes is kind of one of those terrible things because like everyone's out to prove they had it right. back in the day. But you, you were in your own league. I think I was out to prove that I was not that good when I did play basketball and, uh, and I'm not that good now. Well, would you say, would you say that your team was probably comprised of a league of extraordinary gentlemen? No, <laughs> no, no? Okay. we were the most unimpressive gentlemen that there were. <laughs> the League of and, Unimpressive Gentlemen. And I was, I, I'm trying to think which analogous character I was in the league. I, I might be Batman in that I have the least superpowers in, okay. the, in the league. But you, know, you were almost a Black Power Ranger, so yeah. yeah. What did the Black Power Ranger do? The same thing as the other four Power Rangers. <laughs> they kicked a lot, and they could ride in robotic dinosaurs. And they were, looked amazing when they did like a crash zoom on them. Right? Yes, oh, like, crash, crash zooms were their superpower, right, 100%. Crash, yeah. Welcome well, back, Matt. Yes, you too. We've been uh, we've been around kind of the world. Uh, we've, we've gone like a quarter circle around the a globe. A quarter circle around the globe, which yeah. we, you know is, is exciting. We were in London for the European Music Awards. Yes. Uh, that's why we had... We, we were both nominated. We were both didn't nominated. Win. We didn't win. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Ta- uh, Taylor Swift won. Ta- Taylor Swift won. Kesha won. Uh, you two beat us out. You two beat us out for the Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jared Leto, where's our shout out? Yeah, um, But that's okay. We had a good time. We did have a good time. And I have to say, my heart was won over by London from uh, from day one. Like, uh, Yeah. And- I don't know. How about you? How, how did you feel? Yeah, about look, London, I'd never been. And uh, that's where this show was, obviously. And it was it was super cool. Like, yeah. it's like, I mean, again, I was there for uh, work. for like a work for like six days or something like that. And you were there a bit longer. <laughs> but like, I, very rarely do I visit a place and I see, you know, both the sort of good and the bad about it. And I'm like, oh, yes, the, the good very much outweighs the bad here. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll, we're looking at it with rose tinted glasses. But uh, why our country's doing so. So well, actually, London is quite gray, so it's kind of like gray tinted mm. like glasses, which are just sunglasses. That's I fine. Guess. Um, no, my heart was won over just by the the TSA agents in both respective countries. Okay, the TSA agents here were just like you know the the normal TSA kind of grumpy at you and angry at you. Sure. And, and what I, I the thing I find weird again, we're getting off on a tangent here, but we're going to talk That's about international travel for a second. Great. Here. Well, th- <laughs> this movie uh, kind of takes place across the globe. Sure. There's, there's three different locations. Sure. Yeah. Not? Yeah. I, all of them were uh, mysteriously green, though, that got yeah. replaced. A hundred percent. There's one location. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, the uh, commute to work for Justice League must have been real simple. Yeah. Yeah. I got to admit. You didn't have to take a Batmobile <laughs> for that one. Um, no, the, the TSA agents on the on the U.S. side where, you know, they do that thing where they're angry at you. They're telling you, why aren't you listening to them? They're kind of they, they seem to presume that, you know, the rules, right. even though you don't. And then they're annoyed at you when you don't. Yes. Uh, whereas in London. This is just, this is on my way back. The TSA, well, the equivalent of the TSA person there was not only like 
polite, giving me information, asking me questions, you know, making sure I was heading in the right direction. You know, that time when you like have your, uh, your toiletries and they're like, Oh, you need to take that out. Yep. And then it was like, Oh, it needs to be in a clear plastic bag. And I was like, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? He was like, not to worry, sir. Pulls out a little plastic that bag. That happened to me too. And he packed them in. That was it, yes. Me, that and, was, then, and then yep. like zipped it up and then put it in and said, thank you. Have a nice day, sir. And yep. I was like, holy yeah. fuck nuts. Yeah. This yeah. is like completely different. That hundred percent happened to me too. <laughs> like the boorish American I am. I walked right by the very well labeled, like here's a bunch of bags, put all your shit in it. Yeah. And I was like, got up there and I was like, oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because in America, that means get to the back of the line. You're yep. about, you're about to be automatically searched. You're about, you know, you're about to go through a world of yeah. Yeah, but in London they were like, "Oh, not to worry, sir. Here you go." Everyone was super nice. Uh, the hotel we stayed at, the um, the Ho- Hoxton, Hoxton and Holbury. Uh, yeah, this episode's brought to you by the Hoxton. Yeah, it really Holbury. is. Well, I mean, we uploaded we uploaded the um, the Florida the project. Florida project from there. Yeah, uh, and it was just a lovely trip. I enjoyed I, it very much. I want to send a, a special thing. I know, and Matt, you might have thought this was hilarious because, but whenever I go to a country, I want to look at like what are the movie theaters I should go to in this country. That is right. And there were a couple of there's a couple of like famous like smaller movies movie theaters, but I really wanted to go to the BFI South Bank. Yes, um, you did. Uh, or the B, there, there's the, the, the famous British Film Institute IMAX, which is one of the best in the world. Unfortunately, they were playing Blade Runner, which I just wasn't quite in the mood for. Well, you'd seen it very recently. I'd seen it very recently, but the but the BFI South Bank was having a retrospective on thriller movies, and they were playing basically three of my favorite movies of all time. I, I think even in one night they were playing all of them. And I was like, literally, if I get out of work early, I would go and go to each session uh, consecutively. And they were playing Memories of Murder, Seven, and Silence of the Lambs. And I, uh, on, uh, was it show day or was yeah. it the day before show day? Yeah. You really wanted to get out of work early to go see Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, and I was like, uh, and I was trying to justify it. Like, I want to go see a 25-year-old movie yeah. in a movie theater. You, it was very wonderful, dear listeners. Shahir was, I've never seen him mope like a child before. <laughs> and that was a new experience. Uh, it was I very, sounded a lot like Cartman. Yeah, you did. I wanted to, uh, I actually did manage to eventually go. I, I was hoping to go see Silence of the Lambs, uh, but didn't make it to that. So I went to see seven, which is another film I absolutely adore. What was really cool again, London, you won my heart over as I I was running late. I get to the ticket counter and I was like, Hey, I'm here to see seven. Can you, you know, I, I know I'm late. The guy was like, here's a ticket for you, sir. Don't worry about it. Gives me a free ticket and says, run on in. Like just out of nowhere, he just is like, "Here, have a ticket." Jesus! I, I, all I said was, "I'm running late," and he was like, "Here, don't worry about it. Have a nice night." And when I went in, uh, Lee Child, uh, the author of the Jack Reacher series, was introducing the film and, and oh. know, a conversation about the connection between Jack Reacher and Seven, which I thought was quite interesting. I didn't quite see it, I guess, but <laughs> but he was talking about because he started writing Jack Reacher around the time Seven came out, and okay. was watching a lot of movies, and he was thinking about procedurals and the idea of detail and nuance in procedurals, which is why. He loves the movie Seven. The second thing was, uh, I'm uh, uh, a big fan of David Fincher, obviously, and Darius Kanji, who shot Seven. Seven was a really unique film in the way it looked in that um, the film w- had this special process called done uh, on it called silver nitrate retention. I have ba- heard of this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So basically in most film prints, you they bleed the silver out of it, the silver nitrate out of it, which kind of gives it a slightly warmer tone and mm-hmm. it makes it slightly more even. In the case of Seven, they actually had, they did this thing called silver nitrate retention where they put the silver the silver nitrate back into the film, which makes the blacks really black and, and dark. Right, right, and right, right. And David Fincher had to write a list to every theater saying, hey, the film is supposed to be projected at this, it was like 12 foot Lamberts. And he sent it to every single movie theater because he wanted to be projected correctly. There's handwritten letters. 
uh, typed later, typed later with his <laughs> with his signature on it. And uh, what was cool about the BFI is that they brought an original silver nitrate print of the film, a 35 mil oh. print. Uh, they didn't tell us where it came from, but apparently a very, very famous collector of films had this particular silver nitrate Barton print. Barton Morsese. Yeah, I, I actually, I think, <laughs> I, I really think it was. It was I, his copy? Yeah, I, I believe, I, w- I would venture to guess it was. Yeah. Uh, but it could have been, you know, some famous filmmaker. Um, well, Ask our connections. Yeah. And uh, what was cool, it was interesting watching Seven on 35. Again, uh, seeing it on 35, I was like, I I was drawn in by the romanticism of it, of like watching the original print, thinking about the process and the the, the color timing that went into that. But I got to be honest with you. I've seen seven on Blu-ray on a projector yep. since, you know, and, and I would pick that experience in terms of seeing something as clear as possible over and the it, nitrate thing. Yeah. Over, oh, the, yeah. over the silver nitrate. And I think it, it kind of illuminated to me the, the uh, romance choice of words. Yeah. Oh, illuminate. Yeah, yeah. There you go. The romance of the film versus digital conversation because uh projection has come a long way. Uh, since 1995. Um, but but regardless, Seven is a beautiful, beautiful film. Was Kevin Spacey more scary now? Ke- There's an interesting line where Kevin Spacey shouts something along the lines of he was a drug dealer and a pederast. And he shouts the word pederast. And it was like I reeled in my chair slightly just seeing him say that line. Uh, obviously, if you haven't been following the news, uh, Kevin Spacey's... Uh, uh, predilections uh, outside of the uh, outside of his acting has has come to the forefront, yeah. and I guess at some point we should talk about the post Weinstein landscape of how you view a film, knowing that terrible people may have made that film. I think there's a I, we we always touch on this a lot um, in different episodes and things, but I think uh, at some point we should do sort of a, a special along the lines of our Ken Batman Be Black episode. Please go back and listen to that with uh, Damian Lemon and Carolina Ravasa. Uh, that that we should just sort of do something uh, along those lines about sort of like an official deep dive as to why or why not art can be digested and enjoyed made by horrible, disgusting, terrible people. Right. Uh, and it'd be, it'd be broader Roman, than that. The Roman Polanski slash Woody Allen episode of. Uh, sure. Yeah. 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 Hey, no, listen, we don't want a witch hunt you here. Yeah. Um, Oh, is that what he said? Yeah, he's like, I'm real worried there's going to be a witch hunt. It's like, yeah, because you're wearing a pointy hat, asshole. Anyway, uh, something else. I know we're rolling. I'm so sorry. Uh, Superheroes, they're coming. I promise. There's one other thing I kind of wanted to jump into. Uh, So when we were in London, uh, we made a weird discovery about ourselves. (laughs) Um, We were in a room alone together and we were looking at each other. We said, you know what? This is the moment. This is the moment. (laughs) We booted up iTunes. And uh, when we were trying to put on slow jams we accidentally came across accidentally came across we we, (laughs) our our review page and turns out we didn't know this you don't see everyone's reviews if they're in other countries than you exactly so i and you know we we're always asking for reviews you know because we it's a good way to spread the news about the show it helps us uh boost our itunes ratings uh so it's important to us uh and and you know we we've seen all our reviews coming through in america but then what when we when i opened up the itunes page like, in this London, looks different i was like hey wait a minute <laughs> I've never seen these reviews before. And then it led me down the rabbit hole. It was like, oh, who, where, in which other countries are we listened to heavily? Yeah. And I, 
started finding all these reviews that I didn't know existed from regular listeners who write us in as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we, you know, we'd kind of been like, oh, I know this person like li- listens to us because they'd write us in all the time. Why didn't they write a review? Yeah. Well, now we know. Turns out they had. Uh, I was just going to read a bunch to you just real quick, like lightning round it. Uh, Rasa35 says, makes you think about movies differently, particularly Shahir's comments. If you want to learn a thing or two about movies, this guy will teach you yeah. because he went to film school. Uh, abbreviation, I taught film school. <laughs> That is true. That's not an abbreviation. So far, we're going, we're doing great. (laughs) Which which demonstrates my complete inability (laughs) of like understanding the basics of the humanities. But you did go to film school. I did go to film school. Okay, but you also taught film school. That's the, yeah, okay. Uh, What else we got? We have, oh, love this from Sean. Uh, Sean says, the only podcast worth listening to and one of my favorite new channels. Excellent job, guys. Thank you, Sean. We also have from uh, Conditionals, love hearing each host's different take. Yeah. Uh, That's that's nice. Also, uh, Laura says, you guys are all right, I guess kidding love the podcast always funny entertaining i almost always agree with what you say almost well laura has a special place in in my heart particularly because she always writes us in we love getting her feedback we owe laura a review of carol i know um so we will come with that or we will do it and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to Laura in a second. Uh, and then Film Mafia said, I found this looking for some talk about childhood of a leader and was hooked. Turns out, I think we were the only podcast about childhood that's, of that's a leader. That's, of course, CJ Johnson from Film Mafia in yeah. Australia. Uh, and uh, he was hooked. Uh, Matt and Shear are both great odd couples. That's very nice. And then finally, uh, Gaz with three Zs says, I am writing this review because at the end of Ep 87 Triple X, Matt promised to stop singing if someone leaves a review. 10 out of 10. Please stop singing. Uh, no, I, well, don't, I don't remember what you sang. What? did you sing at the end of oh it? i think i promised to stop singing that episode so that makes sense i okay. did all promises kept <laughs> so these were all nice reviews we have one bad review here oh uh, this is just a cream of the crop but this <laughs> one says uh this one is from uh pingu 98 <laughs> and the t- the title which is in all caps of the one star review says all caps talking <laughs> yeah and it says one of the dudes didn't catch his name was way too shouty <laughs> I last about three mins. I, la- I last about three minutes. Is that, is that like a review of his love life? I was going to say, maybe he shouldn't listen to us while having sex or, or if he doesn't listen to us while having sex or they don't, maybe they should listen to us while having sex and they can la- last longer than three minutes. I last seven minutes. But no, thank you everybody who writes us a review or anywhere. Uh, anyone who contacts us at all, we really appreciate it. We do it for you guys uh, and girls and people in general. Shahir, where can folks find us if they're not reviewing us on iTunes? Which they should. Which they should. Uh, you can uh, email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod. Please also visit our website, which Matt designed you <laughs> on Squarespace. This episode is not sponsored by Squarespace. No. Uh, at www.onlymoviepodcast.com. Yes. Um, I want to say one thing. I got a, a, a bivy of contacts this week, a bivy of people reaching out to us, asking us about our upcoming Justice League review. Really? And it, and it was really interesting because basically... Uh, everyone was emailing saying, could you do something else instead? Literally, I had uh, we had Laura, who uh, we just read a review sure. from, saying asking us to do Lady Bird, the new Greta Gerwig film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, Jose on Twitter asking us to do uh, three billboards outside Ebbing. Oh, Ebbing, I want to see that movie so bad. Yeah, and and uh, and then we uh, I had another contact, uh, another listener email saying, "Are you guys doing Justice League?" He, and he was like, "I said yes, I think so." And he said, "I just saw it. Good luck." And so, Thanks. so that kind of like um, was a good primer for, for for doing Justice League. Ah, boy, here we go again. So, Justice League is a 2017 film about the Super Friends. Super Friends. Uh, oh, we should use that song. Have we got the rights to it? No, we don't no, have the rights. We don't have the rights. Yeah, uh, I love that song. 
dun, 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 dun. No, that's the no, that's a team. That is the a team song. Yeah, it's pretty close. Anyway, um, yeah, Justice League. Look, uh, and and to this, I will say to our lovely listeners, um, yes, we we should we should review those films as well. What we've noticed is, despite um, many people uh, saying in the past, like maybe we shouldn't do the, this movie or that movie, etc. Most of those are tent poles, and most of those, weirdly enough, seem to be our most listened to episodes. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, but that's but that's neither here nor there. I think I'd want to speak about this regardless because it's I, mm, lately there has not been a more expensive example of how I feel the mainstream media, uh, you know, the mainstream I guess media, the mainstream, the 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 lamestream media. Yeah, no, no, that suddenly jumped over to Fox News. Here. I know the, the mainstream sort of cinematic medium, let's say mm-hmm. uh, uh, how it is sort of failing uh, and failing upward. <laughs> um, th- this film, uh, I mean, just sort of getting into first thoughts. Um, I saw it on opening night, which I love. Also, opening nights are now Thursdays, like at seven, uh, or sometimes even during the day. Yeah. And people seem to forget about that showing that because I think still in the cultural zeitgeist, there's the whole like, oh, midnight, midnight Thursday, actually technically Friday, but then people forget that there's like Thursday showings now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was full, but it wasn't like you know annoyingly full. Yeah, and. Uh, I definitely saw it with a pro DC audience. Okay. Um, they all seem to really like it. Hoot and holler and go, Oh, at the right moments. Um, there, I want to, let's start with some good stuff. I guess, um, it's definitely other than wonder woman, in my opinion, the best DC cinematic universe film outside of the animated stuff. Okay. Uh, that's a lot of caveats and I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's got the level of, uh, film craft mm-hmm. uh, as the same level of film craft as Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. but with a slightly more reined in approach to how it projects its story. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, projects its story. Uh, so Suicide Squad was literally like you could tell it was just recut and reshuffled and re-edited a million times. And this one was too due to the reshoots and everything like that. But it felt like it felt to me like the skeleton of this movie, even when they rebuilt it was at least on a solid enough footing where they could rebuild it where suicide squad was just this friggin' flop house in shambles that they kept stapling shingles to the side and hoping the rain wouldn't come in. Shout out to the flop house podcast. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So, um, and from a, from a, from a, from a boots on the ground filmmaker perspective, Mm -hmm. I think the fact that they had to reshoot so much of this, or they chose to, Mm -hmm. uh, really, and keeping at least a story that while I did not necessarily enjoy entirely was cohesive enough to give for, for this fair. Uh, I think that's an incredible feat. So I'd like to compliment the, the worker drones that actually made that happen. <laughs> Were they those little buzzy things in the movie? Oh, the parademons. Yeah. Yes. It was all of them. Yeah. They and, made the movie. <laughs> and then finally, the thing I'll say I liked about it, um, is I liked the actual character interactions between the superheroes when they're not punching things in the face. <laughs> I thought, uh, scenes when they were in the bat cave or when they were kind of a little bit, uh, not to use the word assembling, but gathering together. Yeah. Um, was, was, uh, were, were nice and, and it and it um it it felt they felt friendly to me, which is something that uh we haven't seen really in the DCU, and that's something that I love uh in the MCU. So those are all the things I liked about it, I guess. Okay. Um, now turning to a darker path. I mean, everything else I didn't just mention <laughs> is kind of hot garbage. Yeah. Um, fuck. 
the 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 action and the and the, we were ta- it's interesting we were talking about uh, silver nitrate and processing and all that stuff the color grade of this mm. you could tell it, they tried like every hue yeah and then decided to go with something like they they definitely didn't shoot it for the color grade they gave it well it's a it's a different process than yeah. there is now than back in no no I, yeah. I know but they definitely didn't shoot it like you still light things differently and you yeah. still sort of use different uh, colors and, and things in your sets and costumes to make things pop yeah or or go the way you want them to and then they just it felt like they just jacked it to 11 uh the the, the action is is empty the world is empty mm-hmm. I, I can't remember a non main character like ever walking by in a street right uh, it, it felt like they were the uh, like the only ten people on the planet were the ones we saw in this movie. There's a scene with Cyborg and Wonder Woman on a street where it's oh. just, it was like you you kind of feel like this isn't. I think for me most most scenes felt like they weren't on real they they weren't in real places. And that's the problem. If you have such a huge fucking budget, mm-hmm. you can't go to a street. You can't go to a cornfield. These are not hard sets to come by. There was a cornfield, but yeah, even that, that was digital. They had fake corn and then the farm and shit in the sunset and all that garbage in the background. Michael Bay <laughs> can go. He shoots Transformers fucking movies and he goes and shoots actual sunsets. Yeah. So don't tell just too much money. There's too much money. And it's just literally just everything felt like it was on a green screen. Some stuff. I don't mind if it's on a green screen. If the world is fantastical. Yeah. And 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 otherworldly, uh, such as Atlantis. Atlantis should be shot on a green screen, right? Every the 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 street where Cyborg and Wonder Woman meet um, to discuss joining together should doesn't have to be a fucking green screen set, right? So, like, I, I just wonder what the decision making process behind that is because it takes me out of any scene. Right. Like, do you think it's a consistency thing? Because so much of it is, is, is stapled onto this stuff. They're like, well, we need to make the look look consistent. And if we suddenly throw characters in real spaces, no, I think, I think, I think uh green screen has become a catch all uh, safety mechanism for when you want to shoot something and you haven't made a decision yet. Plus it's also an easy way to corral uh, people, you know, like if you've got five big actors who all have scheduling conflicts and that sort of thing, flying them all out to, you know, uh, true Madrid or something like that is a, is a, is a more expensive proposition than saying, Hey, I can get you all in front of a green screen. Even though we don't know what the scene's going to look like. They don't even need to be there together. Yeah. They don't even need to be there together. So I think green screen has become a sort of safety catch all for, you know, uh, some, something where you're dealing with, big players uh and 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 an ease of life factor sure uh i don't necessarily agree with that but um but but i i would presume that that comes into you know and and if if you're a line producer on a film like (laughs) League, and it's like well you can spend 30 million going to madrid or you can spend 15 shooting it in front of a green screen right now uh you know even with post-production cost i think that's an easier proposition sure but we're not talking about madrid you hear we're talking about a street and a cornfield yeah uh that but even no. but 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 shooting out on location with big stars is really expensive and the the percentage uh cost of failure in those environments is high now disagree i mean, we, I mean not, don't disagree with the the the, the statement you yeah. just said but uh, but, but you shouted disagree but yeah i know <laughs> but the, like a street yeah go to any city coordinate off i guarantee now let me seriously this yeah. is this is a serious filmmaking question yeah Getting Gail Godot yeah. and um, what was the Gal actor? Gadot. Gail Godot. I always say Godot like as if I'm waiting for, I think I am yeah, waiting, for waiting for her. Yeah, we're waiting for Um <laughs> 
There you go. Uh, and Ray Fisher. Yeah. Getting them together. Yeah. Any street USA city. Yeah, no, okay? I, I, I agree. You can do it. No, no, let's, I'm, let me finish my question. Do you really think after all the man hours it took to build that, to build the set and the, the digitally and all that shit and do all the, the work behind it and try to make it look okay, yeah. that it was actually cheaper to do it on green screen than just go shoot and light a, 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 a basically a one, two scene, just head, 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 head. Yeah. Like, Oh, I, I, they never worry. stood in the same space. They could have done that separately on a street. I, I 100% agree with you. I just think that, that, you know, there's, there's a financial equation and there's also a control my, equation. My question, oh, maybe I think it's more that because yeah. I do feel like in any world and line producers, please write us in only movie podcast at gmail.com. Uh, the, I feel as though getting an actual street with just two actors having a back and forth dialogue conversation would be cheaper than doing a bunch of digital effects to make that. So I, I and again, I, maybe I'm not thinking of a, of a, a caveat of production here. Mm. Um, but I mean the, I, you know what it probably is to mm. be honest is they probably tacked that scene onto the end of another green screen day. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I mean, just, I, I don't know what the, the mode of production is. I just know that green screen I, and I, and I 100% agree with you. The, the use of green screen in this film is questionable because, because the compositing and the, the, the sort of the level of uh, requirements of green screen seems unefficiently high versus what they could have done in the real world. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I, I think, you know, like it comes down to a value proposition as opposed to an artistic one. If, if it was an artistic one, I think you would see this shot in more real location. And there were some real location stuff. The bat in. cave was real. Yeah. I mean the, the scene wonder woman's opening scene didn't feel like it was shot in front of a girl. That was the, one of the best scenes of the movie. I yeah. mean, who, who would have thought? Yeah, there you go. Uh, but the, the, there's a scene where she stops a bomb in a bank or like a, um, nobody knows what, yeah, no, it wasn't a heist. It was, a, it was a terrorist organization hell bent on blowing themselves up because he wanted to cause chaos or bring in chaos or something. He was the it joker matter. of this universe. Uh, and wouldn't he, it be cool if that was the joker? I know that was it that wouldn't have made more sense uh and then uh oh man gail gadot and that this is a special effect i love she's the best special effect gail <laughs> okay. gadot uh she uh does this weird like spin around the hostages and blocks all the bullets out of an automatic i mean weapons. she does Zack snyder bullet uh, slow-mo no but that's different <laughs> it wasn't slow-mo she moved quickly that's why i liked it it was something we hadn't seen wonder woman do it was like a quick and i liked it a lot um well i'll tell you what i didn't like a lot let's go in order okay uh the opening with batman and the random criminal on the roof and the parademon. Yeah. That should have been awesome. It was not awesome. And you know what? I think it's funny because the effects work was fine and the action was okay. And like, whatever, that's neat. Uh, the criminal and Ben Affleck's dialogue was the most staccato bullshit nonsense. I think I'd heard. And it's like set the tone for the rest of the film for me. Well, it's weird is that that actor Halt McClanny is currently in Mindhunter right now. He's a good actor on David Fincher's show. Uh, and he's ben fantastic. Affleck's a good actor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's, let's put a caveat real quick here. I think I like every actor in this movie. Okay. I think I do. I, I can't think of one where I'm like, nah, I'm not a fan. I yeah. think I'm a fan of all of them. Yeah. It's just so interesting that it, and I guess it's a fan. I'm not a fan of, of the directing style of, um, of Zack Snyder and friends who had to, uh, sad. I mean, and this is the other, that's, I mean, this is the other thing we kind of got to talk about too. Uh, and again, it's a, it's a Marvel, no pun intended that this actually made it to the screen, uh, in, in, a, in a, as a cohesive package as it did, because Zack Snyder suffered a, a horrible family tragedy and mm -hmm. had to step down for the, for the reshoots. And they brought in Joss Whedon and, and, uh, they, they made a movie. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think, 
I just want I want Zack Snyder to to not do superhero stuff anymore or like sort of big action stuff. I want to I want him to like I mean I I'd love I mean Day, uh, Dawn of the Dead I love uh, even Watchmen I really loved even though because it was sort of a deconstruction thing. Yeah, uh, I just I, I I like his style in certain things, but it's just he needs to I, I want him to do something else now. Right. Uh, it's not working for me. And I, and, and I don't feel like it's working for anyone who is a, outside of like a diehard man. This is so cool. I get to see the Justice League on screen together sort of deal. Right. Um, the oh, oh, God, the very beginning. Mm hmm. With the footage of the the cell phone footage of Superman, started mm-hmm. my trek into madness. Shahir. the hope uh, hope uh, didn't find your way. Yeah, uh, so I was looking at it, and it's like little kids after Superman like saved a thing or whatever, and they're like, "What do you like so much about Earth?" And like he's like thinking about it and whatever. And the entire time I'm watching it, I'm watching it, and I'm like, something's weird. I'm <laughs> like, something's weird uh, with Henry Cavill's face. And I'm looking at it, and I was like, and then when the cu- it cuts away. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there's like a plot line. I thought I honestly thought this was going to come right after that. Like they people had made like an AR app in the movie universe to like still show Superman around like you could put Superman in situations or something like that because it looked so graphical his yeah. like it, I, I listen i've spent a lot of time staring at henry cavill's face yeah it's a it's a it's, a, it's an attractive face uh there was a review that that, that uh i think it was from vulture that mm-hmm. said they have it on good authority that his face was co-created by god and an abercrombie and finch executive i think he was co-created i think that man was born to play archer in a live action movie oh my uh, god <laughs> that man so good that man was was conceived solely to play archer oh <laughs> oh i want that i want that right Right now in my movie, but, but face. with not his voice, but with the actual voice. Of I, want, yeah, I want, I want, I want John H. Benjamin yeah, to, uh, to do the voice and for yeah. Henry Cavill to like at uh, pantomime. It. And if they can do the nutty trickery we'll get into, which is why he looked so fucking foreign and weird and odd and just, just, Oh, yeah. uh, we'll get into that. Um, and so that was kind of an off putting start. Shahir. Around this time, after we've seen uh, Superman's uh, home video footage, America's Funniest Superman videos, we've seen Batman have a really bad conversation with a criminal on a roof after an exploding parademon attack, and we've seen Wonder Woman stop an ambiguous yeah. uh, bombing attempt. Mm-hmm. Where were you sitting here, buddy? Where, uh, what were you... Where was I sitting in the theater? Uh, sure, you can start <laughs> with that. But like, where? What? Well, were you, what were you I was sitting next to uh, a dad with two very young kids as well. Uh, I think they were under ten years old, and I was like really curious when they were gonna st- when the movie was gonna start. Whether these two kids were like really gonna eat this up or not. Turns out that both kids fell asleep, uh, and the dad fell asleep as, at some point as well during the movie. Wow! Uh, all of them fell asleep, um, and they had uh, a long day. Uh, maybe a long day, maybe late screening. I don't know. Uh, but what time was it? What time was it? Uh, I went to a nine twenty screening because the eight o'clock screening was sold. Right. And here's the thing: the, the little kid, I, I heard him say to his dad, uh, because I had the same experience to you, which is that um, the movie was sold out. Uh, people seemed to be enjoying it. They were applauding at the right moments. Mm-hmm. They were clapping. They were hooping and hollering. Um, but the little kid next to, uh, I think, two seats down from me, next to the dad, um, at the end of the movie, he goes what's wrong with everyone? Cause everyone was applauding at the end of the movie. And the little kid says, what was wrong with everyone? That movie was terrible. And I was like, amazing. This, this kid gets it. We should, have, we should have that kid on the show. <laughs> Did you like, give him a card? I was like, I was really tempted. I was like, I was like, I, I want to record this kid's card. Oh! But the kid was like, this movie was terrible. And he was like under 10 years old. He was dressed in a Superman shirt and it was just like, I, I don't get it. And so here's, here's, here's uh, my, my thing. Obviously I am the person on the podcast who has the most superhero fatigue. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel uh, at this point, even the proposition of seeing Justice League, having not seen a single trailer. Uh, oh, that's right. You went in so cold. I went in completely cold. I hadn't seen, I hadn't even seen a teaser. Uh, so I had only seen uh, a couple of, uh, you know, still frames here and there. Um, I, the, the proposition of seeing Justice League seemed like a chore to me. I was like, I didn't want to do it. Um, at, and there are three other movies that are playing this weekend that I really wanted to see, uh, killing of a sacred deer, lady bird, and, uh, three billboards outside Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the question that I have going into this is the, the kind of fool me once, uh, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on, no, fool me once, shame on you, fool me, fool me twice, twice, shame, shame on, on me. me. This is the third time around with Zack Snyder. This is the fourth DC. It's the second Zack Snyder, isn't it? No, it's the third. Oh, he, did, he did Man of Steel. Yeah, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, then this. Um, and the fourth DC movie, which uh, I liked one of them. Uh, no, it's, I, I, it's I, the I li- fifth one, isn't it? Because it's Man of Steel, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, this. Okay, so yeah, so this is the fifth one. I liked uh, two of them. Uh, I thought Wonder Woman was okay. And I, uh, I liked Man of Steel. Oh, yeah, I remember you yeah. liked that. Um, but I think uh, Batman v Superman is uh, sort of glaringly awful, like to a point where it's like it's sort of unimaginable that I'll ever watch that movie again. Only, the only reason I recommend watching that movie is to see how bad a movie can be. Yeah. Um, Suicide Squad equally um, pretty bad as a film. And so I'm kind of like, why are we doing this? Like uh, how many how many how many lifelines do you give a film? Like, for example, how many times do you let a filmmaker try? And it's not even like trying a different thing. If Zack Snyder (laughs) was saying, I'm doing uh, a a little crime movie, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go check that out. But if it's Zack Snyder doing the thing that I've seen at least one be awful at and in a, in a, in a series of movies where, where the percentage of them are pretty awful and it's not, you know, I, I'm like, why do I do this? Now I understand, like I would, you know, like, it's not a question of like, do I never see this movie? It's a question of why you and I have this conversation about this movie. And I don't think to me, my, my point where I'm at right now is I am so deadened by, by (laughs) what I saw on screen. I actually don't think uh, what I saw last night was a god awful movie. I didn't think no. it, was, it, it wasn't terrible. It, it was wasn't fine. It was. Uh, it's bad. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It's bad. Uh, a lot of it is just cobbled together. It kind of barely coherently makes up a movie, but it's a movie. You know, it's a, it's a sort of series of sequences leading to an event that kind of happens and then it's over. But 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 I don't. I, I honestly I I don't care. And the louder it gets, and I feel like the response from the movie is. Uh, and it's not obviously targeting me, but the, mm-hmm. the thing that the movies are doing is they're getting louder, bigger, uh, more, fu- more punchy, more inconsequentially punchy. Uh, and, and those things are making me less and less interested. I don't think this movie is worth much of anyone's time other than it's just there. This movie is, is fairly inconsequential in every respect, even to the point, And this is, this was the thing is that in Batman, v, the, the point at which I fell off the train at Batman V Superman. Cause I, you know, I, I, I love Frank Miller's Batman. I love Batman. I'm really, you know, like the idea that they were going to try and do something close in that world, uh, you know, seemed exciting to me. I like Zack Snyder's visual style. I think he's a, he's an excellent visualist. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point at which I started falling off was the para parademon dream in <laughs> Batman. And it was like a point at which where I was like, 
I leaned over to my uh, uh, my best bud. Uh, I was in New Zealand when I saw it. Um, yeah, I wasn't with you. That's so yeah, weird. Yeah, shout out to Luke Kelly. Oh, um, and Luke. and I was like, and you know, and and he and I have always gone for like midnight screenings. Whenever like a new big movie comes out, we're 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 like, let's do this. Let's go. You know, midnight screening. And it was like a midnight screening. I, I leaned over to him. And I was like, I have no fucking idea what is happening in this movie right now. And and it's it's we're a good forty minutes in, and I was like, I don't know. I don't understand what just happened. And I don't know why happened and then the movie went on and that feeling got worse and worse and worse where I was like I don't understand what this movie is and the thing is in Justice League completely jettisons that scene like there's no resolve of that thing that happened in Justice League in this movie so this movie kind of essentially abandons the thing that we it doesn't it doesn't hold on and and so my, my, my sort of point here is I don't I have zero fucks left to give here at this point about this. And I'm like, and they've exhausted kind of my threshold of caring at this point. And this is a $300 million movie. This is a movie that is the third most expensive movie in the history of cinema, even adjusted for inflation. And it's going to make a ton of money. Batman V Superman made a shit ton of money. And I'm, I'm just at this point where I was like, I don't have that money to give to things that I don't give a fuck about. Right. And, and, and I don't, and I don't know why we should. And the movies aren't giving me a clear and compelling reason for us to do that. So I don't know why we're doing this. So I tell you, know, like when, when, when people write in and say, you know what I feel bad about. And we, we, we had this conversation at the beginning of Thor Ragnarok. Mm -hmm is that there are three excellent movies out there that didn't get my box office money this weekend. And I feel bad about that. I feel terrible that, that instead of going out and seeing films made by three people that really wanted to make an interesting film, I spent it on this and I, and I feel bad about it. Hmm. And that's, that's where I land on this whole enterprise is that, is that I am spending money. I don't want to spend on things. I don't want to see. Right. Uh, Well, first, uh, just a slight caveat. Uh, we don't know if they're going to pay off the the nonsense with the with the dream but or not. I, but I, we don't also don't care. They yeah. mentioned the, uh, Dark Seed, and then they never mentioned him again. And that 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 vision was from Dark Seed's future. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying they they could still do it. Whatever. I hope they don't. I hope the and we're into spoiler territory. I hope they if they do make another one of these things. I hope they go the the Injustice League route mm-hmm. uh, with Lex Luthor and and uh, Deathstroke and all that shit. Uh, but. I agree and disagree. I don't know. So my, my whole take with this was I didn't even remember it was coming out uh, until like three days beforehand. Right. And I was like, oh, and I feel like I would have even, I would have even been further out had I not uh, been a co-host of a movie review podcast. Yeah. Um, I, this, this was my last sort of like outside of wonder woman was sort of my last, like I, I would like to give this a shot. Maybe they can do a thing. Uh, I know it, you know, directors obviously have a huge, you know, say in all this stuff, but like if Patty Jenkins can do it, then maybe like a Joss Whedon few, like helped um, a Zack Snyder film might be able to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think this movie is bad. Yeah. It's so painfully pedantically average that like suicide squad i can get mad about yeah yeah. suicide squad invokes in me bad feelings but feelings i didn't feel a single thing 
watching this yeah. movie. And these are characters, maybe 60% of them. Cause I've never been a big Superman guy um, that I've had in my life since I remember being a conscious being. Right. And I've seen many iterations of Batman, for instance. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Conroy is my is my jam. He's my one I go Arkham to all Asylum the time. Is the and the animated Batman series thing that's come out. And and um and I like Batfleck. I like Ben Affleck as both. Um, mm. but they're not given anything to do. And I feel like the things the things that I enjoyed in this film were like the minor, like sort of. I feel like the acting that slipped under the directing in the film's radar, right. like the things that were not told for them to do, but because these are skilled actors in roles, yeah. they just do them. Yeah. Uh, Israel Miller, I think, is the breakaway star in this. He and that's funny because I didn't. I was not excited for him. I really like the uh, the uh, CW this, Flash. Yeah. Um. I, I just liked, uh, I guess I, I say I, I would, I like the idea that he was kind of like, I just run things and push them and run Yeah, yeah, and he's run like, away. you're all excited to do battle, but I've never done battle. I just push people and run away. Yeah. Because yeah. he's not a, like every other one of these characters has a reason or, or in Cyborg's just sort of like he, it's, they explain it as sort of a defense mechanism sort of thing in the film, which I liked as well. But the, but uh, Flash is not a fighter. He just became the Flash and he doesn't do stuff like that. He's just a super speedy dude. Uh, and that was awesome. Like, and I liked like little things like when, when they, when they first find, Oh, the villain, which we haven't even mentioned because it doesn't fucking matter. Steppenwolf PS. Why do you have to be CG? They couldn't just make a dude 12 feet tall. Uh, voiced by Siren, uh, I, I forget his last name, but he's a great actor. He was in Game of Thrones. Siren Hines. Uh, yeah, Siren Hines. He was in Game of Thrones. He's also uh, in uh, Margot at the Wedding, and he's brilliant. Yeah, uh, and I, it's he was just so weightless and stupid. Like, we, what did he want? What did he? Well, I mean, like, he wants to turn the world into hell. I, like, it, exactly. It, that's the thing. The movie isn't terrible like that like it's not incomprehensible like suicide squad is or you understand what's happening you understand Three boxes and the world yeah but but i i just i i just don't have it in, i i barely have it in me to have a conversation about this movie <laughs> to, re, to be really honest with you i really uh, i that's that's my feeling about it the the i get the, the only reason i'm upset i think is <laughs> the the wasted potential with these characters the wasted 300 million dollars yeah <laughs> to be honest yeah i mean you, you could make a ton of great films for that price yeah uh with all these actors yeah and it's it's it, oh even like jason um who's jason momoa jason, jason momoa, uh, uh, Mama, yeah momoa. yeah yeah i liked him as aquaman yeah i thought he was an interesting take on aquaman am yeah. i psyched for the movie no uh, it was James Wan who was going to direct it. And I think he's dropped out. Yeah. Point, well, a lot. Well, that's the other thing. That I don't know. Maybe I'm correct me if I'm wrong about that. Only movie podcast at gmail.com. Then there's the meta narrative of all the problems outside of wonder woman. Hell even now wonder woman, Gail Gadot. And I think rightfully so is not going to go back. If, um, What's his name is attached? Brett uh, Ratner. Brett Ratner. I, I that story has all has already been debunked. Like she has come out and said she didn't. Make really? That, yeah, she didn't make that statement. He stepped down anyway. Um, but the well, other thing, the other thing is Rat Pack is behind this movie. Rat Pack's behind every other movie. It's well, not that, like he's that not was gonna, my point. He's not like he's not going to make money off of that this. That was my point. Know? Yeah, yeah. He stepped down, but at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, but it doesn't matter. He's still in the bit. Like, yeah, it's not like Brett Ratner is giving notes on the cuts. movie or something yeah, like yeah. that. You know. Uh, Oh, I didn't know that. That was uh, interesting. That she, had been she, she just said, look, she, you know, she didn't make that comment. Uh, and, you know, like, it's interesting that that this has happened anyway. Oh, huh. yeah. Interesting. 
Well, just then all of the sort of uh, just, you know, Ben Affleck being in and then out and then in and then yeah. directing and not directing and like all this stuff like he's you can't he wants out bad. Yeah. Uh, and, and you can't blame him. I think I honestly think because you can't be real good friends with Kevin Smith and not be at least a little bit of a nerd. I think when he was cast as Batman and Batman v Superman, he was psyched. Yeah. Uh, and I think anyone who is Batman should be psyched, you know, and he, and he seems to make logical choice. Yeah. Um, he's just not, unfortunately he hasn't been given, you know, given good material. And I, you know, like I was more interested, I, I think to me, Ben Affleck is a person I've looked up to for a long time because of his role in goodwill hunting. Yep. And you know, like that was a point in which I was, um, really, uh, discovering myself as a filmmaker and to like see these people, these two young men write a film. That you discovered I really, yourself with Ben Affleck. I did. Yeah. Ben Affleck and I have had a moment. Uh, he doesn't know it yet, but he will. He'll know one day. He will. Um, so I really like him as, uh, uh, as an actor. Uh, I think I've been more excited about his transition into being a director. Yeah, and, he, oh, and, Argo. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I loved Argo, man. Really? I, I, I really like, uh, gone baby gone. Also uh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so I, I just, I wanted him to direct Batman. He, he was going to, uh, Matt Reeves has taken over, uh, of the new Batman movie. And I'm curious, I'm curious about that. But again, I, I just have, you know, again, killing of a sacred deer, Lady Bird, three billboards outside Missouri, three movies where I don't know exactly what I'm going to get. I'm really curious to see what these filmmakers have to say. I think these films are going to do more for me as a person than, than Justice League, which literally the three kids, the two kids and yeah, fell, fell asleep next to me, I think is entirely the appropriate response. It just does nothing for me personally. Right. And, and I think, uh, I think if you're a film goer, it does nothing for you as a film goer. So let's talk about then where we keep calling it like superhero fatigue, Yeah, but it's, 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 be, it's beyond that a little bit too. I feel like, and, and I'm trying to break down why I'm such a Marvel, just fucking uh, uh, eat it up. Yeah. Uh, and I think it has to do with, um, you know, there's, there's been studies and whatnot of, of brand loyalty mm -hmm. and there've been studies of like, and obviously like humans are not good at changing their minds. Like it's just, we're hardwired evolutionary, ev like from evolution to not do yeah. that. Um, and I think so for something like this, I can see why diehard quote DC fans would like it. Mm hmm. But then I like I said, the audience I was with, like hooted and hollered and, hooted. and cheered and like the, the, the I had the same feeling I had when I saw it, which was that I was like, I was like, I don't understand this film and I don't think it's a very good one, but there were, but people seem to be enjoying it. So if there they were are. callbacks when Superman asked Batman, does he bleed? Yeah. Everyone cheered their fucking heads when off. Superman turned up. People cheered. Yeah. And I was like, oh. I didn't realize people cared when he died. Yeah. Cause I didn't, uh, there was one, there was one moment. Now I'll get back to my point that actually I went, Whoa. Yeah. And that was the moment that I uh, was hoping something like that would happen where uh, Superman comes back and he doesn't quite understand what's going on. And uh, he, uh, he's basically holding everyone, but flash at bay. Yeah. And, and flash runs around him and Superman can move almost as fast as the flash. Yeah. And there's that moment on Barry Allen's face. It's I, I, I smiled and laughed and went, whoa, at that moment. Mm -hmm. But that's not the movie doing it. That's me no, that, loving characters and some very talented CG artwork being done in front. Wait, of how me. is that not the movie doing it? The movie didn't earn that moment. Tons of follow me, follow me down the I'm, rabbit I'm hole. Following you, yeah. Uh, cultural understanding of, of, of a meta narrative of all of these characters earned that moment. I don't think so. Like I, I think, I mean, even me who doesn't 
you know, like I, I've read a few DC comics, but like that moment, I understood what was happening in no, that no, moment, I, regardless of any understanding I, outside I, no, of the no, film. You understand the physicality of it, but for instance, no, no, I understand the the significance of him of Barry Allen suddenly seeing something because Barry Allen's whole thing is I need friends, right? I need people who can keep up with my speed, yeah. and all of a sudden, there's a character that could hurt him that's keeping up with his speed. Oh, I so, even, there was nothing about that. That's not even. So what I'm, I'm saying. just saying. I'm just saying. That's not what no, I'm saying. No, no, but 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 you're saying that's not the filmmaking. I'm saying. That is the filmmaking. No, it's not. You're not. You're. You're. You're not even near my point. You're like to the to the left of it, three steps. Okay, make your point. Uh, the 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 reason why that moment has weight, other than the fact that the CG in that particular moment is good, mm-hmm. uh, is because we know who Superman is and we know who Flash is. In this film, they never say Flash is the fastest man alive. They just say he's really fast. So without knowing that sort of cultural text point of flash being the fastest, there's no reason to think that Superman isn't faster. So there's no point like the it's, it's that meta narrative outside of the film that we even, and even if you don't know the minutia of comic books, right. you just kind of, you people do who's the fastest superhero. And 90% of people say the flash, right. because that's just what culture has dug into us. Right. The reason why that has weight is these two characters. And it's, it, it's shocking quotes that Superman is about to keep up with the flash. And you're like, whoa. Now, if these were two characters in a non branded thing called Zemo and Captain uh, Magnitude, and that same moment happened with the exact same film going on, it would have zero weight because they don't explain that Flash is the fastest man alive and they don't explain, you know, like the, the Superman powers, etc. cetera. Um, so wh- I, I'll, I'll flat out disagree there. I think, I think the, I, I agree with your sentiment that the moment has weight. I think the point, the, the thing that we, so use, why do you think it has weight then? Uh, because it works in that scene. Like it's suddenly this guy who's really fast that we've seen be really fast suddenly has someone else who's really fast. That's why it works. But and, it would just, and, be, and, it'd just it, be a discovery the, moment, the not, point, not a oh shit. But moment. the point, the the thing that I take umbrage with is when you say Umbridge. that it, uh, that it has nothing to do with the filmmaking. That is the filmmaking. Like when you say it's got, like that's a moment that is conceived both in script and in execution. There's no way that that is not to do with the filmmaking. It's my same argument uh, that I've used for a couple films in the past. The second Star Trek film with the con reveal that the con reveal mm. is not earned by the film. The con reveal or the emotion that they're trying to get in the shot, the moment of shock that even the characters in the film have. Right. But is but, not, hold on. Is not, is not earned in the movie because no one in the movie universe should know who Khan is. So there shouldn't be a huge, a huge but, thing. But are you saying that, that Barry Allen in the movie shouldn't be surprised when Superman? Can no, no, he can be him? surprised. Fine. He, the, the, the characters, the, the, the moment that the two characters are having is earned. Yeah. That, that, that is set up enough where the thing I'm saying the audience reaction to it, is is based on things outside of this movie beyond even the DC uh, cinematic universe. It's based on years of comics and cartoons and cultural zeitgeist. I will say that the audience experience of the people seeing this movie definitely is informed by that. But I think it's that moment, that moment that you're talking about is completely within the framework of this film. And it's completely a moment that is, created by this film and i'm and saying yes but i'm also saying the weight of it the true full weight of it is stapled on due to outside forces. i guess i guess i don't care that the flash is the fastest superhero and i don't care who superman is i still think that but moment did, worked but, and, and but I, did you and have, only, did you scream did you hold on i know i know you saw it thought that it worked that's not the no, point no, my, my only point that i i don't disagree with you my only point that i think i take it umbrage with is when you say that's not the filmmaking that is clearly the filmmaking it working as a scene in a collection of things to build this very mediocre 
Joker's story works and is entirely the film's doing. The fact that people in the audience screamed and went whoa and had an emotional reaction, all things I know you did not do, mm-hmm. that is from outside of the film. That is not that, from that, this film. Are you saying that that moment only works for an audience because they know who the Flash and is because outside? they love that, that, only, that you only that and it works? We have to we have to sort of break away what the definition of works is in this mm-hmm. case. Like I said, structurally, story wise, character wise, yes, it all makes sense. And there's a moment like, oh man, he's fast too. So right, okay, yeah, but yeah. but then the that there's lots of moments like that in this film that just work that don't elicit a crowd going holy shit here's what i think you're saying is that um is that that moment is enhanced if you know who those characters are and what it means yes what i don't what i 100 disagree with you is saying that that is not the filmmaking that's that's the line that i'm like i'm taking on we're, we're going in circles the and again and this i'll just end it with with this the mm-hmm. sort of thing it all the, the film. It is the filmmaking that made that scene make sense. Okay. The but the weight of that scene is not based on anything the film has done. It is culture. It is where what these characters are and how we understand them as a culture that gives and and I, and what I, what the, my caveat to this, which is a little bit more back to your point, I feel is the the fact that that scene you could tell was created much like, not like a lot of the scenes in this film with so much love that like they really put their all into making that scene look cool. Even with Henry Cavill's stupid CG face. I think, you know, my, uh, I want to talk about that. too. It's coming back to this point here, which is that I don't think it's a terrible movie. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a bad, a bad, bad film. And it's even, even, you know, like, again, we've said this about Zack Snyder in the past. He is a master craftsman. He really does know how to put Mm -hmm. a scene together. He really does know what is visually engaging. Yeah. Um, And that is on full display here. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, what is not on full display is, is an ability to make (laughs) those things matter, (laughs) matter or, or resonant in a way that's, that's compelling. And I, and I, you know, like, uh, um, well, that's kind of my point too. I'm not hot on the Avengers. I like the Avengers sure enough, but the Avengers has moments like this that really land, even though I don't know who those characters are. And, and that is, you know, a testament to, to what those films are. I, I, I kind of was thinking about it in this context as well. Um, there is this like, uh, with, with the justice league, obviously there is this sort of, and, and with long form cinematic universes, there is this like sense of course correction. Um, you they know, did it with Wonder Woman in yeah, this one. Yeah, it was a sense of like, oh, we're not doing this right. Let's let's course correct it into this. And and you know, the thing that you see here is that the film is decidedly going for a lighter banter over over the the, the darkness and brooding of Batman v <laughs> Superman. Um, two of my two of my favorite superhero films that came out this year are Logan and Thor. Logan mm-hmm. and Thor Ragnarok. Two very different films. Two two films that do that look at their character histories and look at what these, you know, and they're, they're the last in a long line of films mm-hmm. and, and take them in entirely different directions. One is serious and somber. Different and, directions from the films. They've yeah. both gone both places in the comic book. Yeah. Yeah. But different directions yeah. from the films. And, and they, you know, one is serious and somber and, and reflective about who this character is. The other is completely irreverent and dismissive of like what this character was and just kind of goes, let's just go. Is Jack game. Kirby's waking nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they both work. And then, and here's the thing is that, is that I think in all this, like, talk of course correction and, and, and trying to find the right tone. The problem that everyone's forgetting is to make a good movie. Yeah. And, and that's what, that's, that's why I'm like, I don't have the, 
the bandwidth and the, 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 I, I just simply, I don't even have the money to spend because there are, it's an opportunity. Every time I spend whatever it is I spend to see this movie, it's an opportunity cost to see something interesting that I could tell our listeners about and get excited about and get You're talking about a time spe- expenditure. Cause you have movie pass. <laughs> I do have movie pass, but there's that, that's still money being spent. And I would still rather spend my movie pass on, on you want to vo- vote with your dollars. Lady bird was literally playing in the next theater. And I can't tell you how, how <laughs> tempted I was sitting there going, I would give anything at this moment. And I don't know if Lady Bird is any good. <laughs> I have no idea matter. if Lady Bird is any good. <laughs> but I was like, I am so tempted at this moment to just say, fuck it to the podcast. That's so and, funny. And, and turn up here today and be like, I didn't even see Justice League. Let's talk about I it. I honestly thought you might roll in yeah. doing that. And I would have been so mad. Yeah. But, uh, I, but I was like, you know, th- that's that's my issue here is that is that there's not even a... And, and, and this comes down to, you know, and this might be my final thought on the film because I don't have too much to say, is that it's... It's difficult to make any film. I've said that before many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a miracle that this film got made given what we understand of the production history, mm-hmm. given the tragedy that has befallen um, Mr. Snyder. And, you know, we don't want to belittle that in any way. No. Uh, and we don't ever want uh, any of our opinions to be personal about the about the filmmakers. Um, but when, so it's impossible. It's difficult to make a film. When a film doesn't have a reason to exist, it's near impossible to, to, to put it together. And, and this film, in my opinion, has almost zero reason to exist. Except for money. Except for money, except for that these are characters apparently people want to see move around in suits. Other than that, like, is it to, 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 to bring back Superman? I don't care. Is it yeah. to, 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 to pose a threat to the world in the universe that they've set up? Steppenwolf. I don't care. Is it to, um, is it to, to, to have Batman interact with uh, Wonder Woman? I don't care. Is it, is it to introduce the cyborg, the flash and Aquaman in either of those cases? I'm not that no. fussed. No, so I, there's no real reason. And I got to say, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen this movie, I can't give you a single compelling reason to pay money to see this movie. Uh, I, I can. <laughs> uh, no, I can't. I was going to use an, an opposite. Uh, I, I will say, um, I was pleasantly surprised by a few things, particularly Cyborg and Aquaman. I didn't mm-hmm. think would land for me. They landed fine for what this movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Wonder Woman a lot more in this movie than I did in her movie. I liked her. In, I liked really? Her, yeah, I liked her in this. I liked okay. her. Okay. <laughs> this, I felt like dialed some of the stuff, like the real sort of positive stuff back as a hair mm-hmm. with the whole like, oh, flash landing on her real quick. It's that classic, like mm-hmm. on top of a girl gag. And I'm like, oh, you fucks. Like you couldn't go one goddamn movie without a female director without having something like that. Um, but I think the, the I, I mean, I've already sort of said my final thoughts, but the last thing I do want to mention about this film, and I think it is the the hub, it is the um, the precipice at which we can see the bloat and nonsense and needlessness of this film mm-hmm. is the reason I was speaking about before uh, the good old fashioned uh, Superman's face okay. looking super fucked up. Right. The, the uh, it's actually his philtrum is in fact the problem. Uh, it is the medical terminology for the space between your upper lip and the bottom of your nose. Okay. Is this this little gap here? It's it's the whole it's the whole space. Okay. There's a really fun video, by the way. You can see why this little gap exists. Oh. Uh, um, it's basically the point at which your face your face fuses fuses together. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so so Henry Cavill mm-hmm. uh, is in Mission Impossible Six, mm-hmm. and they had to do a bunch of reshoots on this film. Now his character uh, for a different studio. Yeah. Uh, has a mustache. Yeah. And 
when he had to do reshoots, uh, they would not let him shave his mustache for the the reshoots of Superman. Now, if you look at this film and how much his face looks super fucked up, uh, he must have been inserted entirely into this film. Almost almost all of it. I bet you there was a moment where he like came back at the very end briefly or something. But I don't think he had a huge role in this before the reshoots because every shot of Henry Cavill looked otherworldly, disturbing and wrong. Um, but he's an otherworldly human being. Right? No, no, no. I but mean, like, you, he's a Kryptonian. Were, were you put off? Uh, I the thing is, here's here's what I would say about it is that if I didn't know the mustache thing had happened, I probably wouldn't have even noticed. Holy shit! I didn't know the mustache thing happened, and at the end of the movie, I was like, "What the fuck was wrong with his face?" It was that uncanny valley shit where you can't get the edges of the mouth right, and because they had to basically rebuild his entire jaw, that the, the words coming out of his mouth felt super canned. He could have read them on set, and I'm sure he did, but it felt it. So basically, I, I didn't even say this part yet, but this is what I'm talking about. They had to CG out the mustache. Mm-hmm. You had to. I'm going to say that again. You had to CG out the mustache of one of your main characters. Now, look, I'm not going to get into negotiations. I don't know the thing. And it feels like a real sticking point that the other company probably just wanted to send a message to Warner Brothers being like, "Uh uh-uh, we can do this because of a contract. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Shaving it and spending like maybe a good $200 on a real nice prosthetic versus I think it cost over a million dollars to remove Henry Cavill's mustache. Yeah, but the cost is on Warner Brothers to do that. I know, they, I know, but this can, is my point. This is my whole point. Yeah. And it goes back to, it's actually your point. Yeah. This film is so bloated and forgets why a movie even should be made. Mm. And the mustache is just the, 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 the treetop of this entire problem. <laughs> a really bushy treetop. It's a real bushy, hairy treetop yeah. moment that, that like that, that someone in a boardroom was like, this is okay. And it, it, I, it, I'll tell you why it's okay. Batman v Superman made close to a billion dollars. That's why it's okay. I and know that that's, that's my proposition with like, why should we spend money on but, this? But it was such a, it was taking a main character for me and, and it was the complete and utter lack of even giving a fuck about the character and making it look weird and creepy and just wrong. And I, I guarantee you there's people that don't watch as many sort of movies as us as, you know, CG even driven or not yeah. that saw it didn't realize why they were put off by it, but were definitely put off by it. Then I'm sure there's other people that don't notice it too, but I don't know. That was just sort of like the precipice of like, Oh, this is the excess we've come to for this film. That honestly is only reason for existing is making money. Right. Um, it's, I don't think Zack Snyder thought like, Oh man, I have a great story to tell with justice. League. No, there's, there's basically, you know, like Zack Snyder already signed on for like three movies, you know, Batman's Ben Affleck's already signed on for these. It doesn't, the train has left the station. It doesn't matter what it's yeah. think of it this way. They're shoveling food in our faces and nobody cares what it is. And that's, and that's what I'm you know, like basically, and we're eating it up. And that's, and that's where I think. And what I find interesting is nothing from the DC uh, cinematic universe, but why, for instance, Marvel, while it has had a few misses, Mm -hmm. uh, but they do something right enough where it's, it doesn't, I know that's where I, if you break it all down, it's all money. I get it. But there's some, you can tell 
James Gunn, Taika Waititi, they wanted to make a movie with these characters. You can tell yeah. the, uh, the Russo brothers. Yeah. They wanted to tell these stories. They, they, they saw these characters like I can do this cool thing. Joss Whedon with the Avengers. There's an onus behind it. Yeah. It's not just like this is going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and and, and I, that's I think that's why beyond my lizard brain brand loyalty that I can still stand by the experiment that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is doing. Yeah. Um, and look, and I, and I'll say this too. If you, if you can get away without seeing your favorite DC superheroes on the screen, I would say, don't go. And I would say, I mean, again, it's sort of a voting with your dollars thing. I would love to see a great justice league movie. This isn't it. And the more we go see it, the more they're going to make it. And And Shahir, you are right. Lady Bird, the three billboards, all that stuff. I I, I do want to see those movies and I will see them eventually, but it's, it's, but why is there not, this is, I think we had this conversation at the start of Thor Ragnarok. Why is there not an impulse to go, oh shit, there's a, you know, Greta Gerwig, this really interesting actress has made this film about like Catholic school, you know, upbringing. Why are we, society, I guess. No, it's money. It's marketing dollars. Well, that is society. No, it's it's Warner Brothers. Like Rotten Tomatoes delayed the release of, oh, of, yeah. of the score of of uh, Justice, of Justice League. League. Uh, I can't even say the name because because they're partly owned by Warner Brothers, yep. and they know that if they release it on the day, this is how it works: is that we are being shoveled stuff, and we are you know we're just you know we're taking it, and 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 I for one, me personally, am just kind of tired and, and I don't have this ability to kind of deal with, I think, uh, you know, like if we're going to, there's a couple of things about this story, the storytelling in this film where it's like, even, you know, things like Batman deciding to revive Superman. It was so weird. And I was like, why is he telling everyone this theory that he has. I was like, this, this would be such a bitter storytelling moment if like Batman snuck away with, you know, if if Batman was actually a character in this movie and not Batman, a potential- um, Father figure to the Justice No, 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 a potential like toy tie-in that you could sell. If he was actually a character in this movie, it would be interesting to see that character try and undermine the thing that he's created by going off to, to like, you know, develop the Superman thing, which he could quite honestly do. But instead- we have like him just get it, gathering everyone together to like tell the story. Wonder Woman saying, I don't, I don't think this is a good idea, but then eventually going along with it. That's not dramatic. That's not no. interesting. That's just, that's just scenes coming together. It, it feels like when I watch this movie, it feels like uh, honestly, the 10 year old kid sitting next to me, it feels like him and his buddies got together and made a movie and we're like, Oh, then they're going to do this. And then they're going to do this. And then they're going to do this. And then this is going to happen. And it's like, that's not an interesting movie. No, I mean, it's I great. Agree. It's, it's great that they did it. Um, that, that, that the 10 year old kids spent $300 million on it, but I would rather see, you know, a $30 I, movie from those 10 year old kids. I'd rather see a 10 year old kid spend $30 million on a movie. It's like Brewster's millions. Remember that movie? Yeah. A yeah. 300 million. I keep saying yeah. 30 million. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, I, I think there's something interesting about the way, uh, Snyder, uh, fetishizes the human body sure. in a way that, you know, like for example, didn't come through in Wonder Woman, uh, or, you know, came through in Wonder Woman in different ways. And I think there was, there's, there's an interesting conversation going on about the fetish you even mentioned that moment where uh, the flash lands on top of Wonder Woman. I actually don't think Snyder is uh, uh, 
approaching this in a patriarchal way or anything like that. No, I, th- I think a- he has a, he has, if you look at his body of work, he has an overall fetishization of the human body. And if you look at the way Henry Cavill's body is photographed in this movie, hundred percent, it's but something that, that he's but interested that, that in. moment of the flashlighting on wonder woman was not a fetishization of either of their bodies. It was a classic sort of literally revenge of the nerds, frat boy joke of a, a dude landing on top of a woman and being like, Whoa, yeah. that's what that was. But I agree. I a hundred percent agree with your, he, he's, he, he loves fetishizing the human body very much yeah um anyway this has been the only podcast about the film justice league shahir when we're not when our superpowers aren't uh regaling being used for bad being used for bad and depressing our film going public where can folks find you uh you can email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com hit us up on twitter at onlymoviepod as laura did and uh laura you're right we should have done ladybird this weekend uh, Matt, uh, when, well, where can people find you? Not oh, us. find me personally. Yeah. Uh, you can do so. You can send me your, your DC hate mail at shahirdowd.com where you can find all links to my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, uh, and an email account. Probably there's one there. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've emailed you. Have you at uh, that email? Yeah. Yeah. You can find me at M A T T H E W K R O L.com for my life and works. You can also find me at Skeletor, the number four P R E Z on Instagram and emperor M S K on Twitter. We'll see you next week. What are we doing next week? Do we even know? I we're going to take some time to think about it. I think we, we need a period of reflection here to think about what we're doing. I know with our life. after we spent money on justice league, we need to think about things. Yeah. We'll think about it. Yeah. But write us in at only movie podcast at gmail.com. Send us in your request and we will fulfill them. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Just like this movie. Maybe did not Bye. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.